Hello and welcome to A Change of Heart, the podcast about people who found freedom from hate and broken away from extremist worldviews. We want to know what led them down that path, the moment they had a change of heart, and what we can learn from their stories. With me for this episode from the United States of America is Alex Falcon. Hello, Alex. Hi there. Alex is an engineer, originally from Texas, now living in California. He had little knowledge or experience with Muslims, and whatever he knew about Islam was what he saw on the TV. That was until he took a trip abroad and stayed with a Muslim family. So, Alex, how did your upbringing influence your perceptions about Muslims and Islam? Well, there wasn't any representation of Muslims' education of their culture customs where I grew up in Texas. I moved to California to learn about new cultures, get acclimated to a healthy mix of perspectives and learning. I learned a lot in California at university, but I still did not feel like I was challenged enough or exposed to deep cultural networks. And what were your preconceived ideas about Muslims before meeting one? It was that Muslims only live in the Middle East and that they are only extremists. I never really believed it, but I had never lived with or met someone who is Muslim growing up, so I couldn't challenge those beliefs and I was too young to change that. To me, Muslims were this nebulous group that I never really knew much about. We learned about them in secondary school briefly, but that's it. My mother passed on to me her beliefs of accepting and including everyone. I credit this to her being a daughter of an army colonel who moved every year and she experienced Libya, Greece, Japan, and other countries. I love bringing people together and being a unifier, but I really didn't know any for the longest time. I have never been a part of any anti-Muslim group or did anything to a Muslim. I was just a... it was just avoidance at a young age. If I could go back, I'd do it all different. But kids are impressionable as you know. And the world they see are often only as big as the village they grew up in. Interesting. And the place where you grew up, how much did that really impact your perceptions, do you think? I grew up in a monoculture neighborhood in Texas that didn't represent Muslims or seek to understand them. I was simply conflating them with what extremist groups appeared in the news and simplifying the Muslims' entire narrative to those news stories. Thanks for that. And you know what? I feel like you're not the only one out there. When the only experience you have of Muslims is what you see on the TV, then that's what will shape your perceptions. And as an imam, that's what I see a lot. Not enough people have ever met a Muslim or taken the time or had the opportunity to get to know one. But you did, and you had the opportunity when you went abroad. How was that? Yeah, I moved to Singapore to study engineering at the National University of Singapore for an exchange program. I wanted to put myself in an environment where I could learn from new people and cultures be challenged, think differently, where I'd be the minority and it would be outside my comfort zone or knowledge. I didn't feel that doing something in Europe would really challenge me. Now tell me, you live with a Muslim family, what was that really like? Ah, fantastic. They were generous and kind and being a Texan I returned their kindness and it really just blossomed into a huge learning experience as they were more than willing to answer any of my questions. But I didn't pry. I decided to do some of my own learning at some point. They offered me food, care, and I was flexible with my living situation. I also worked with them as they actually had their child born while I was there. 
Now, do you think all the experiences you had with that family, that's what really made you have a change of heart? Yes, living with the Muslim family during Ramadan and witnessing their kindness, devotion, and commitment to their children. I think living with different cultures really humanizes people, and too often in the U.S., ethnic and racial groups live in the same city but separate areas, so you could go your whole life with not having to meet a Muslim and treat them with the respect of a neighbor who can watch your kids. As I said, I feel my lack of education and exposure to Muslims muddled my perception of them. The narrative was prescribed to the children where I grew up, by the parents and the adults of the neighborhood. It would be a lot like living with Manchester fans and growing up conditioned to think we don't like or we hate Liverpool FC. And until you meet someone from Liverpool or you go to the other team's stadium, you don't care for Liverpool. Manchester fans will just tell you every reason why Liverpool sucks and you never look in the mirror. It is just a sports metaphor, but it helps illustrate a point. Luckily, my mother made me aware of this one-sided environment I was in. Yeah, Alex, that's fantastic. And I totally get where you're coming from. And I love hearing your sports metaphors because I think people can really relate to that. But earlier you mentioned to me that you wanted to talk about the things that Singapore does really well to encourage inclusiveness and understanding. What were those things? Singapore holds cultural education days annually in schools called Racial Harmony Days, where the kids are encouraged to wear their cultural clothes, such as Cheong Sam, Cho Sam, and Baju Karong, and the Suri to school. Some kids have fun with it and trade outfits too, which is honestly beautiful to see kids getting along from different backgrounds and literally getting in someone else's shoes. The friends I made in Singapore were more knowledgeable of other religions and indiscriminate in their friends. Instead of the ethnic enclaves that form in the USA, I felt there was a true integration. Outside of schools, an interreligious council comes together. Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, and they pledge their support for one another and help plan community and educational events during special times of the year for each religion. Easter, Ramadan, Vesak, Diwali. You know what? That is so interesting. And you know that Muslims only make up 1% of the US population. And a survey in 2014 by Pew Research Center found that about 62% of Americans said that they did not know a single Muslim. That's why my community has been holding events like Meet a Muslim all over the world, and especially in the United States and other parts of the world. Because as your story shows, it is so vital to meet and get to know a Muslim or anyone from the other side of the world and share your common similarities so we know the people who live in our country. What do you think can help other people change their perceptions? Frankly, the issue is a lack of exposure and education. Ethnic integration, education, racial harmony or celebration days are needed. I do think there is a primitive fear of the unknown and people we do not know. Simply living with someone of another race or studying together or playing sports expand our experience and deepen the Muslim narrative. I'll share a piece that describes Singapore's ethnic integration policy, EIP, that I've come to like so much, albeit this policy would only work with the government's tight control of public housing. The EIP was introduced in 1989 to counter the emergence of ethnic enclaves. It does this by placing quotas on how many residents of one racial group can live in a building. The EIP recognizes four categories of racial groups, Chinese, Malay, and Indian, the three biggest groups by population, as well as other, a catch-all for everyone else. 
The quotas apply to every public residential building and correspond to national proportions so that each apartment complex reflects Singapore's true ethnic makeup. That is spot on. It's basically making ethnic diversity a legal obligation. Alex, you know your story has been so heartwarming and I think moving to Singapore was one of the best decisions you ever made in your life because it changed your whole outlook on life. Would you have any messages for other people who might be going through a similar situation? My best advice is exposure, education, and be willing to challenge our beliefs. If we learned anything from 2020, it's that we have to stand up for justice and equity, and we have to ask, what's the right thing to do? The past year is far from the last time we will feel uncomfortable and uncertain. And we will need new perspectives to solve our world's problems, as education is a lifelong process that goes beyond the classroom. Alex, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Thanks for having me. An amazing story, and it just shows how much we learn from one another by challenging our beliefs, but also taking ourselves out of our comfort zone. If you have a story to tell, anonymously or otherwise, then reach out to us in confidence, just like Alex did. You can find me, Sabah Amdi, the young imam and Atif Rashid on Twitter and Instagram. Please comment, subscribe and like this podcast. A Change of Heart is sponsored by the United Nations Alliance of Civilizations as part of its Eden Project, empowering dialogue and interfaith networks.